0: Welcome to Snooze with Sam. Scottish sleep stories, meditations and other things every now and again. This week I'm bringing you a long overdue little collection of stories based around the sea. Now that is ocean sounds and waves, which, if I'm being perfectly honest, is my favourite sound to fall asleep to. It was good fun filtering through lots of earlier stories as well, and they're not very old, I know they've only been going for a year, but when you've written 90 or 100 odd stories, it's easy to lose track of some of them. So it was lovely to listen through a few. I know many of you enjoy the sounds of the sea, and who can't enjoy it really? Apart from maybe rain, and the constant white noise, the lulling and the rhythm of the sound of the sea is untouched to me. It literally rocks you to sleep, almost like a natural lullaby. Some of the stories that you'll hear are older, some are newer. Couldn't fit them all in, but I think three hours is about right. So, as always, when you're quite ready, lie back. Take a deep breath and enjoy these stories all with the soothing sounds of the sea. This first story It's called Ocean Spray. Each wave rolls in, one after the other. Great barrels of blue ocean thundering coastwards. Hours worth of potential energy stored and coiled, poised to unleash it all in a matter of moments. As you watch them cruise in from open space, All in sequence, some bigger, some smaller. So do you also feel the rush of salty sea air which carried them toward you in the first place. Every gust blows through you, saturating your clothes. Finding its way through your woollens. But it isn't cold, this air is comfortable for you. There are no goosebumps of protest, despite the fine film of seawater on your skin. Every wave seems to accelerate at you as the swell rises. The tips of white horses appear and threaten to break early. The overhanging lip then becomes too much. Causing the wave to come tumbling down on itself Just as it meets the shore Huge great lime boulders make up the sea wall Exploding and refracting the speeding sea upon impact. Geysers of salt water rise to the sky, raining little droplets all over your head. enclosing you in a misty cloud. You feel beautifully refreshed. That is all. It's a funny kind of day. A mix of sensations and weathers. An odd combination you've not witnessed so often. It's early evening, on a warm August night. The ocean is a deep Prussian blue, a mirrored, more saturated version of the sky above. Overhead, about halfway across the sky, there is a distinct line in the cloud, running horizontally, from side to side. Here the blue sky ends and dark grey thunderstorm clouds loom. Within these clouds lurk deep crevasses which appear to absorb all light. They appear like gateways to other worlds. Nothing sees in and nothing sees out. The sun is off somewhere behind you Obscured by a wispy cloud Combined with heavy haze. The light this casts is bizarre. surface water, which disappears to total shade beneath the storm clouds. As the spray from the waves is licked upwards by the prevailing wind, So does the sunshine pierce these little droplets, sending brief yet beautiful rainbows soaring through the air in a myriad of colors. Consciously focusing your mind, trying to distance yourself from the sounds of the wind and waves. You allow yourself a moment of blissful appreciation for being lucky enough to feel the salty sea spray on your face. With every curtain of mist, you feel every tiny droplet land. Licking your lips, you can taste the ocean. Place, innocent and full of life. You imagine what it would be like being a dolphin or a seal. The entire world's water, at your flipper tips. The sheer possibilities, granted by being connected to the rest of the world, through one large expanse of ocean performing acrobatics, underwater, at your leisure. Upwards and downwards you swim, spinning around Revelling in the fact that you are simply hanging there in subsea space, turning your focus to the sounds of the waves. You close your eyes and note the rhythms of each crash. How many seconds between each one How large or small they sound How close you think the spray will get to you Or whether you should brace yourself for a refreshing shower. You concentrate on the sound. It's like a symbol being hit in an orchestra crashing with a trebly hiss. But there is bass present also. some subterranean thunder transmitted from impact. These are the simple pleasures worth savouring Focus on the sound, feel every last drop of sea spray. This story is called The Lighthouse of Shetland. The fisherman was, in dire straits, totally lost. He didn't know where to go or what to do, but he had to do something. He couldn't just stay where he was, on the shore, battered by the wind and waves coming in off the Shetland Seas. The only way was up. off the tiny bay beneath the steep cliffs. So onwards the fisherman trekked, leaving his little fishing boat beached on the shore. this was no weather to be out in, but the course of the winds and tides had forced him inland to avoid the enormous swell. With every minute that passed, the waves brood ever taller on this stormy night, scrambling up the rocky and rooted banks. his yellow fisherman's wellies and rubber coveralls less than ideal climbing attire. Despite the odd slip and flailing, grasping hands He eventually summited the face, making it to the top, relatively unharmed. The coastline in Shetland was unforgiving. hugely volcanic in its infrastructure. It wore its evident ancient activity on its sleeve. Islands rose sharply Out of the water, like steeples. Almost sheer faces, plummeting back down to the North Sea. At last, a moment of calm as the wind whipped up the face of the cliff straight over the fisherman's head. His ears had brief peace no longer tormented by the gale-force howls, whipping across them like a blown bottle-top. He got his bearings, scanning the horizon in all directions. The coastal shapes meandered like an ancient river but one with especially sharp bends. As the fisherman wrestled his vessel in towards land, through the gloom and torrential rain, he'd spotted the glow of safety, not too far in the distance, the lighthouse. Sumbra Lighthouse, the most southerly point in the entirety of the Shetland Islands. He may have been disorientated by the weather coming in. But he'd been lucky to land where he did. A small sheltered bay between craggy rocks on either side. If he'd have strayed much either side of him, both him and his boat would have been torn apart by the crashing waves on the razor-sharp black basalt. looking up and down the cliff edge. He eventually decided which way pointed north and which way pointed south. Not only was the weather disorienting, but the fisherman was exhausted with a cloudy mind and lack of focus, all from spending the day at sea. However, he was a hardy man, experienced and resilient. Despite the lack of visibility in the early evening march, rain pelting his body like a thousand tiny hammers. He trusted his gut and set off across the grass, keeping the North Sea to his right. Still in shelter, he could hear the roar of the storm battering the shore below him. Great waves thundered against the rocks below, sending enormous jets of salt water high up the cliffside, with every wave strike Clouds of spray soared up the face of the island, carried by the wind. He tasted it on his lips, just as he had every day since his childhood. Out here, on these remote islands, there was no escaping the sea. It was ever-present like the air we breathe and the earth we tread. To the fishermen it tasted like home. tripping his tartan flat cap down a little against the wind. He was able to see a little better through the relentless rainfall. on the brow of the hill on which he climbed. A brief wee glow outlined the horizon, visually parting the black earth from the sky. the lighthouse. He was near. Another ten minutes or so, and he'd be there. forcing his body up against the savage gusts. He bulldozed a path through the thick wind, matching its strength and then some. Nothing, no weather or obstacle would ever stop him from reaching where he needed to be. He'd always said that, especially to his family. He always said it to his family. The hill crested, and beyond it, the fisherman was greeted with the promise of shelter The lighthouse stood proudly on the headland A beacon of maritime asylum and sanctuary It was a beautiful sight to behold. Not only did it swell him with pride, but it stirred his soul as deep memories surfaced briefly. With a deep sigh, blinking heavily, he pushed through the last short distance trudging through the sodden moss and moorland underfoot. Each heavy wellington boot feeling a ton in weight. Eventually the lighthouse near. In fact, despite their welcoming appearance from a distance, they always look so lonely and sometimes desolate in person, the fisherman thought to himself. So far away from anything else, their whitewashed and functional attire lent to their sole purpose. Then again. Were they not also so romantic? Saviours of countless sailors. One little room away out on its own. A soul light bulb lighting the path for hundreds of people every day. In the brutality of this storm, he was feeling more romantic about this lighthouse than anyone ever could. Stepping up to the one and only door, he knocked Few moments passed. No answer. He knocked again. Louder this time. Nothing. There was no one in. The doorknob was tested, it was open, the wind gusting in after the door, almost prizing the handle out of his hands. Tonight, he was in no position to respect social boundaries with regards to communal property. Also, he knew many of these places were left open for reasons such as this. This was Shetland. The deepest respect was had by everyone over the island's property. Wrestling, the big wooden door closed again, the place fell quiet. But for the distant, bassy murmurs of the waves and wind. Lighting the tower was a single oil-burning lamp hung at eye level on the wall with just the smallest flame. Taking it in one hand He gazed upwards through the spiralling iron staircase. Estimating around fifty steps to the top, the fisherman wasted no time in making haste It was only now he realized just how cold and wet he was. He needed some heat, and quickly. Up and up the stairs he climbed. counting them as he went, nearly tripping over his own feet on the narrowing steps. At last, panting a little, He placed a hand up against another door. This one a fair bit smaller than the front door. With an impatient shove, the door scuffed open rubbing the floorboards underneath. Immediately, the fisherman raised a hand to his eyes, shielding them from the blinding light. unfortunate timing when entering the room. The lamp mirror spun and met his eyes at that precise moment. Blinking a little, and clearing the colourful fuzzy dots from his retinas. He took in and noted what the room had to offer. The top of the lighthouse was small Cozy, you might say. A circular room around 18 feet in diameter with a centrally mounted ladder climbing up to a mezzanine lamp level in the keep. Up here, the light mechanism spun slowly, deliberately, and hypnotically. The light burning fiercely, firing periodic beam after beam towards potentially endangered sailors like himself. The remainder of the room was modestly kitted out. A small stove was twinned with a wee pile of dried pine logs. Another oil lamp loitered nearby to those. On the walls, a few portraits of old ancestors hung skewed by little nails. And then, next to them, a face he recognised. Pinned to the wall, inside this small sepia photograph. Clad in all manners of knitted woollens, complete with a flat cap which appeared oddly similar to his own, stood a man of around his own age. silvering beard, untamed brown curly hair, steely gaze, slightly weathered face, and big rubber waders. And a similar stance to his own. Behind this man was this very light house perched at Sombra. standing proudly with an endless horizon in the background. But that wasn't all. To the man's side was a small boy perhaps five or six years old. He was similarly adorned with a huge, ill-fitting woolly jumper of indistinguishable colour. very likely knitted by his grandmother. The boy was holding the hand of the former man, grinning inelegantly toward the lens. The fisherman carefully took the photograph off the wall and turned it over. On the back of the photo, it read, a lighthouse keeper and his boy. 14th of August, 1923. In memory of this great tragedy. Returning to the front of the photograph. He gazed into the eyes of the two men. Minutes must have passed, for a shivering jolt stirred the fisherman from his trance. With a gentle nod to the lighthouse keeper, the boy wiped a tear from his eye, returned the picture to the wall and set about getting a fire going. Ourly story is called Just You and the Waves. It is just you and the open beach. For mile after mile the pebbly, sandy runway stretches onwards and onwards, arcing around the coastline like a fortress. On this grey, moody day, Somewhere on coastal moray, a gentle storm brews overhead, yet the wind does not intrude. You are at the eye of the storm, the waves hissing and crashing elegantly on the parallel shore. As each wave comes in from the sea, carried by a steady wind, it grows its height and shortens its reach, compressing into a peak of leaning potential energy before falling over itself and breaking on the sandy troughs carved by the turbulent water. Then ten seconds later another follows in its wake and another and another. Like clockwork. Relentless. Consistent. Like the swinging of a pendulum. You walk along the seafront. The elements coming at you from the east Caressing your face. The rich, salty sea spray which fills the air is heavy in your lungs. It feels like it has consistency. It feels wonderful, like you are carving your way through it as you walk on. Of course, it is invigorating as any fresh air is. But there is something about being by the sea which has even more of a life-altering power about it and fresh air from inland. The sea is alive. It moves. It breathes. It has rhythm. It is a representation of nature's forces right there in front of you. It has smell. It has taste. It has texture. It has life. The churning waters to your right. Send overwhelming security coursing through your body As you step one foot in front of the other your mind is only on the sea, it is the only constant here. Only it matters, nothing else. You are focused Entirely on the rhythmical coming and going of the waves. You are humbled by its presence. Reminded that we are mere passengers in nature's world. You think to yourself. I must not worry about what I cannot control as the waves will approach and retreat regardless. The tides will come in and fall away. What I must do is respect and appreciate what you experience and encounter, and give all of my energy to what I can control and waste none on what I can't. With this thought you consciously breathe deeply Filling your lungs with the mineral-rich coastal air. Drawing deep lungfuls of air in through your nose, you savour the feeling of oxygen filling your body, invigorating it, and awakening your senses. your touch, smell, taste, hearing, sight, each one empowered to perform just that little bit better, steadily with control. You exhale through your lips, letting your heart rate drop, feeling a deep relaxation take place of the energised sensation. Again, You draw a deep lungful of air in through your nose. You savor the feeling of oxygen filling your body, invigorating and awakening your senses. Your touch, smell, taste, hearing, and your sight. Each one empowered just that little bit more. Steadily, with control, You exhale through your lips, letting your heart rate drop and feeling a deep relaxation take place of the energizing sensation. As you walk, you become acutely aware of something heavy in your pocket. Reaching down, feeling the outside of it you palm the object. Then, moving to the side. You feel another, and another. Reaching into your pockets, your fingers make contact with a cold, hard, rounded and rough object. Clasping it in your hand, you draw it out of your pocket and hold it out in front of you. A sea-beaten stone. You came out of this walk with no burdens at all. This walk was for you to clear your head of anything you didn't need. No bag, no heavy clothing, nothing. This rock is weighing you down. With a small smile to yourself you pull back your arm and cast the stone high into the air towards the sea, letting the object return to the waters from which it was forged. It disappears from your view. The weight now less in your pocket. As with the first, you reach again into your pocket and pull out another stone. Looking at it, feeling it between your fingers. Sensing the slightly different shape compared to the last. You take note of how this stone differs to the previous one. With that final thought, again, you throw the stone into the sea with all your might, watching it vanish into the waves. You keep doing this over and over again, feeling the weight lessen on your body. feeling your pace quicken as your burdens are released. You didn't need to be carrying those stones with you. You knew they were there. You put them in your pocket after all. But you forgot about them until you noticed them weighing you down. You didn't need to be carrying those stones with you. You made the choice to let them go to join the rest of the rocks stones, and boulders in the sea. This you could control. They may still be there in the sea, but they are no longer weighing you down. Onwards, and onwards, you walk down the coastline. The loose pebbles and sand shifting from beneath your feet. You move quicker now. Gaining pace Feeling the new spring in your step as you are cheered on by the crashing waves. The wind blows your hair, the spray moist on your cheeks, as you step one foot in front of the other. Your mind is only on the sea. It is the only constant here. Only it matters nothing else. You are focused entirely on the rhythmical coming and going of the waves. You are humbled by its presence. Reminded that we are mere passengers in nature's world. You are focused entirely on the rhythmical coming and going of the waves. This story, part of the Scottish Fairy Tales series, is the first part of fairies. At first, she heard the faint sounds of a crackling fire. These crackles seemed distant, but got clearer over time. came some muffled waves and whispering wind. Once she realized she was stirring from a deep sleep, her surroundings started to come to her again. Her eyes. A blurry scan of the room revealed her whereabouts. The most magnificent bedroom fit for a queen. Enormous four-poster bed, floor-to-ceiling French doors opening out onto a balcony. Polen gold lace curtains falling to the floor. Marble everything. Polished mahogany floorboards. Beautiful chaise long in the corner. a healthy, open fire in the other corner of the room. And, of course, the expensive dressing table on which she was perched. Pin cushion for comfort. It was dawn, and the early morning chorus of birds was in full force over the airwaves. Through the pane windows and French doors, the sky was beginning to turn back to inky blue from the obsidian black before it. And then she noticed something. She'd almost forgotten. Beneath the covers of the bed lay a person. A human being. The quilts rose and fell slowly. They remained deeply asleep, just as the little fairy left them. The evening before, she had guided them into and through the castle in which they slept. The castle of Elendonan, not far from the Isle of Skye. This person had seemed like they needed a place to stay. So she did her very best to help them to a safe bed without being too obvious. even the little fairy knew. She couldn't completely hide herself. Her little dusky purple glow followed her every move. again. This was very useful to help guide the human, of course. As it was now morning, the little fairy needed to return to her people. But they were a long way away, nestled in the fairy glen, near the village of Uig on the island. The Fairy Glen was a wonderful, magical place. Great mounds of rock and grass Rising high, surrounded by natural earth spirals and stone patterns. She would have to set off soon to get home before the end of the day. up, brushed herself down, and gave the human a little wave, even though they weren't aware of her. She'd grown fond of the human in their brief meeting. The fairy aimed for the bedroom doorway and took to the wing. Darting between bushes, ditches and hedgerows, she flew cautiously, following the coastline of mainland Scotland. Little Fairy was quite a quick flyer, not hesitating where she didn't need to, making committed decisions to her route. The weather was fair today, only a gentle breeze and resulting lapping waves broke the silence. Every now and again, she found herself on the same flight path as birds and insects. The birds never bothered her. and she did not bother them. They had perception for the other. But it was always the bumblebees which seemed to find themselves in head-on races of chicken with her. As lovely and harmless as they are, they were clumsy and posted a rather fuzzy hazard. She kept her pace above theirs, in order to keep a distance, where possible. Onwards she flew. Traversing the coastline, admiring the seashore as she went, until she reached one of the most dangerous parts of her journey. crossing to sky. Here, she had to brave the elements of the open water. Hugging the sky bridge closely, she took a deep breath and raced as fast as she could through the air to safety. The wind picked up and threw her around but she maintained course, set her sights on the shore and powered her way across the famous crossing. Heavy vehicles thundered over the bridge above her head, causing the whole structure to thud and vibrate. the echo of tire roar rattling around under the arches. With one last beat, Of her delicate little wings She made it Finding cover In the tall trees She was out of breath poor thing. She'd already flown about half the distance to the Fairy Glen, but there was much more to do. go, with the sun high in the sky, though obstructed by the clouds. She was particularly visible, but she had to keep going. Mixture of nerves, anticipation and excitement filled her at the thought of going home. There was one thing on her mind, though. She knew her biggest challenge was yet to come. Between her and the Fairy Glen were the Kulin Mountains, a great fortress of black and red lime and granite. rising steeply into the sky, thousands of feet in the air. With another deep breath, She set off, Kulin Mountains in the distance. next story is called The Endless Beach Your eyes looked upon a watercolour The sky, the sea, the sand beneath your boots, the land to your left. Every part of your surrounding geography burst with a wash of painty hues. A myriad of purples, pinks, and oranges blended one into the other, barely discernible as one from the other. It was that Time of the evening where light seemed to stand still The sun had set and the light was so soft and even I you felt your eyes relax a little now almost widening to let more light in. On the horizon where the sun had momentarily been, the sky was luminous from the remaining glow, Each and every cloud to the northwest clung on tightly to the fire which had just been doused. If you could attach a texture to the scenery, you would have likened it to a local cashmere made of the finest goat wool, so delicate to the touch, but deep down there is a ruggedness in its origins. The Western Isles were famous for their endless, sandy beaches. This is where you found yourself. Mile after mile of crystalline white, cut with ribbons of deeper mocker sand went on and on as if there was no finish. It was only where the sea eventually met up with the sky again which suggested there was a point at which the beach gave up. But you could barely see it, so chose to assume it went into infinity. Beneath your slightly damp boots, little puddles of seawater accumulated from the wash of the tide. We spirals of sand ejected by razor clowns populated the entire beach. made you ponder the number of little creatures which must call this place home. Thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe even more. You were mildly envious of their permanent surroundings. With each step, your feet sank just a little into the sand. Some places were firmer, some were softer, causing you to steady yourself occasionally when you sank just a bit more than you anticipated. Sometimes you stood on one spot and patted your feet in the sand, shifting the tiny grains about and creating a little sinkhole. It took all of one time and a resultantly damp set of toes, to realise this game had a limit before your digits caught the cold. But of course it's nice to be like a child every now and again, and not care too much. Between you and the water's edge, small seabirds ran about like little kids too, speeding from point to point. Their tiny, delicate feet, just a blur in the evening light. Faint cheeps and squeaks of mutual chit chat suggested they were on purposeful missions while zipping across the sands. However, You preferred to think that they were just enjoying this lovely evening playing tag and just having fun with each other. Beyond them The sea breathed with an energy more akin to drifting clouds. Little breakers crackled in the distance, but each one reached high up the beach. gliding frictionlessly over the mirror-flat sands. They didn't wash back out. There was no residual energy for that nor was the gradient of the beach steep enough. The water merely absorbed downwards into the sand on which it had stopped. Slow motion best described what it felt like to watch. You found it deeply relaxing. You watched it for minutes. Subconsciously matching your breathing with the rhythms of the water. The sounds and sights of a place like this could be all the remedy you needed. The calm the self and reset. Aside from it being obviously very beautiful, you felt like a small, yet chaotic being in this world of tranquility. It made clear and reminded you just how noisy and intense your own thoughts could be. As soon as you found yourself surrounded by such peace and solitude, this was never more evident. allowing yourself to breathe with the patterns of your surroundings. Close your eyes and listen to the lack of noise. Even smell each individual fragrance you could possibly identify. the salt water, the blossoming heather, the fresh beach rains and grasses. All of this added up to create an undeniable scent. Of belonging. The truth is, we all have this sense deep down, but we find it easy to overpower it in the modern world. We definite with the bustle of a city or noisy thoughts or stresses of our own life's creation, and with these own thoughts. You felt an obligation to give yourself the respite that you need regularly. You deserve to feel at peace with your body and mind. palette of colours had now deepened, almost without you realising. That phase of transition from sunset to dark happens surprisingly rapidly. But your eyes accustomed to the fading evening, leaving you in pleasant surprise at the slowly appearing stars above your head. Like a hole in the middle of the sky, a portal to the galaxy, it opened up to reveal the beginnings of the Milky Way. Towards the horizon in each direction The haze was still thick enough to obscure any more visible stars Above you, the little twinkles in the sky Flickered and pulsed As if alive Like tiny fairy lights on a Christmas tree You walked further up the beach to a point where a fresh water stream crossed the sands the stream having run down from the hills up to your left-hand side On this evening, even the luscious green hills looked purple. The fresh water had meandered across the beach like a miniature Amazon river as seen from space. Great tributaries, and water basins, collected and dispersed, like blood vessels of the earth. You imagined you were a giant, looking down on this great river from high above, watching the wee streams gently erode away the riverbanks and moving the sediment around. It was as if you were watching a time-lapse of something much bigger. Like this time, in fast motion, by the contrary. It reflected the sky, which was now a slightly paler shade of pink, compared to the dusky grape musk purples of the sands. If it weren't for the movements and flow of the streams, you would have sworn you were staring right back at that watercolour painting. You noticed something new enter the equation, something creeping again on the horizon, nestled between the sea and the clouds, as far as you could tell, in the dim light. This thing was bright, radiant, luminous and so cut through the evening mark like lemon juice through cream. The moon was rising and the thin clouds created broken silhouettes of themselves against the backlight. Self appeared disjointed and incomplete for the same reasons, with only small areas of it showing. If you had not seen the moon before, you would struggle to tell if it was round or spherical at all with this view. It slowly crawled up the wall of the sky, straining to emerge from its cloudy constraints, until finally it was in full view. mostly waxing moon. It shone every bit as brightly as a full face. If you looked closely, you could make out the faint, outline of the dark side of the moon. A very subtly different shade of deep inky blue against the partially glowing night sky. The transition line from dark to light on the moon itself had always fascinated you. You could pick out the very textures of its surface. All of the rough craters, mountains, and scars left by millennia of meteors. It was a sublime sight in your current surroundings. And so you walked and walked still, bathed in a new lease of light ...along the endless beach. You would be quite content... ...if it were to never end. This wee gem of a story, is called The Kite. Sometimes, It's the simplest sights which evoke the most emotion. A soaring bird high in the sky. A colorful firework at a new year celebration. cruising aeroplane contrails in its wake an open lake on a summer's day inviting you to swim or in this case alone colorful kite, flying high up in the sky, streamers hanging loose behind it. The azure sky shines brightly as the backdrop Making the little kite pop Flowing from side to side Dangling from its string It appears almost as though it's floating about in water, flapping its tail like a fish, but always returning to the same spot. Below the kite, hundreds of feet, down the flexing, bowing string, is you. With a reel of cotton string clasped in both hands, You feed it out, and wind it in, changing the kite's pitch and direction. Sending it left, right, up and down. Soiling it, making it soar upwards, taking all the slack out of the string, stepping into a run. You tow the kite behind you, the resistance tensing your arm. Such a simple pleasure, so it is, to be alone on this sunny beach with your kite. equilateral rhomboid. Your kite is an impressive shape dangling in space. From left to right, great stripes of color span vertically. First purple, then blue, green, yellow, orange and red. Each color glows brightly with the sunlight behind. Like a stained glass window of a church. In each direction from where you stand the white sandy beaches of North Uest stretch for mile after mile after mile. Aside from little oyster catchers, and ringed plovers, pottering around in dried seaweed. And the odd soaring seagull, circling high above your kite. There is nothing else around but you. There are almost perfectly straight lines separating the sky from distant sea. From the distant sea to the sand beneath your bare feet, like contemporary minimalist artwork. Just two areas of blue One vast sky One thin ocean And bordered by expansive, white, bleached grains of lovely warm sand behind you, little sand dunes roped with wild spiky seagrass act as a windbreak from the coastal gales, there being nothing but flat sands to break the steady rush of sea air. You want to climb to the top of the dune to get a better view. As you near the base of the grainy hill, you dodge little pebbles and dried seaweed partially hidden by the sand, to avoid a spiked barefoot. As much as you love the feeling of the individual grains wiggling their way through your toes, there's nothing too pleasant about a piece of shell or sunbaked weed jagging into the ball of your foot. With one big step, you sink your left foot into the dune. Watching your whole foot disappear below the surface of the sand. Moving to your right, you feel the ground shift beneath you, like a fluid. This will be a tough little climb, you suppose. Digging in a little deeper, you push and wade your way through the sand, up the hill, using tufts of seagrass to help you gain traction. Scrambling up the steep slope reminds you of when you were young. When every journey had the possibility of being undertaken in bare feet. Would ignore instruction to put on your shoes. Nothing fazed you as exploration was at the forefront of your agenda. Curiosity led the way, with many lessons learned in its wake. Maybe we lose a little too much of that as an adult. Perhaps we should all value these opportunities a little more than we do. Times to play like when we were a child. Kicking sand about in great plumes. Jumping in puddles just so you can make a big splash. The satisfaction of getting your welly boots all muddy just to clean them off in a river or a pond. Building sand castles on the beach spending hours creating enormous structures, just so the tide can come in and wash it all away. Just enjoying the satisfaction of the simple things. Well, from this moment onwards, you promise yourself you will Standing on the summit of the dune, the sea has grown in size. It now takes up more of the horizon. The little waves now having more definition and motion. It may only be a few feet from sea level, but you feel on top of the world. You smile, reliving your childhood memories. just as your little kite flies above your head. The next story is called The Surfer and the Storm. Wildest weather has descended upon you today. The legend of Scotland is ringing true. Such changeable circumstances at the drop of a hat. wind roars and rips through the trees, the sea churned up, white surf taking to the air as the prancing horses stampede towards the beach. grey storm clouds churn overhead like a washing machine. Casting the whole horizon into a place of darkness. And in amongst all this a lone surfer fully clad in a wetsuit clutching their board staring out to see they size up the targets They seem to be carefully contemplating what they are about to do making peace with the storm coming to some kind of spiritual agreement to look after one another and to respect the other. The surfer starts towards the water. Then there is you, sat on a bench, on a helly field, looking out onto this whole scene. Calgary Bay, on the Isle of Mull, one of many West Coast Islands. There is something unsettling about seeing a white sandy beach being battered by a storm. with nothing but monotone colours surrounding it in the sky or on land. Weather such as this seems to suck the colours bright out of the landscapes, leaving the picture bare and barren. Just the dull outlines of the hills and trees remain. Leaving little character apart from their rough shapes. It's as if the whole world just cowers away, waiting for the storm to pass. Overlooking the bay, a place normally bustling with people playing in the sand. soaking in the sun and freshest of fresh air. You are consumed by the noises and sights around you. In great surges, the wind seems to smash through the trees behind you, with only brief but consistent pauses between each. A small lull before yet another torrent of air roars past. Once attached leaves from the trees whirl and swirl past you. sometimes missing you by barely an inch. Carrying them upwards into the ferocious sky. The grasses around the bench shake and rock violently from side to side in the turbulence. Up ahead, the sandy beach is pummeled by enormous crashing waves. everyone an explosion of aerated salty seawater taking an age to settle. Once the wave reaches the deck, a large lunge of water reaches up to the beach as far as it can, tickling the tide line. The tide is actually quite low, but the wind has pushed the sea much higher up the shore. In slow motion, The rolling barrels of threatening waves move relentlessly towards land. Growing slowly, the wind beginning to cut little spray curtains from the crest. Sending salty sea mist into the air. Bigger and bigger they grow in height as if leaping up from the seabed. Peak rises taller and taller, the top beginning to curl as yet more spray is ripped from the wave by the wind. Slowly, the wave begins to tip. A moment caught in silence and space. The white horse turning imminently into a frenzy of sea foam and noise. Out of the corner of your eye is the surfer, paddling frantically and jumping up onto their board as the lip of the wave curls at each end of the beach. travelling further and further towards its centre. They stand low and proud, at one with their board. Reveling in the natural powers of the waves. Being carried at great speed along the width of the surf. With a flick of the tail, the surfer sends their board crashing upwards into the crest to pause progress, sending water flying into the air, before pointing their board Back down again to continue to ride the wave. They look so purposeful, commanding their board totally at home. As the wave finally crashes down, the surfer jumps from their board. disappearing into the swirl pool of white water for more than just a second. They reappear, steering back out towards the drama of the sea just floating there. You suppose they are thanking the storm for keeping its end of the bargain. This story is called Teal Waters of a Highland Beach. You thought that paradise was only reserved for hot climates with immaculate Sandy beaches and crystal clear blue water. Somewhere like the Caribbean, Greece or the Azores. But here you are at the southernmost tip of the Isle of Skye in Scotland on one of the most beautiful beaches you've ever been to. Lying on the soft white sand letting it get in between your toes as you wiggle them around in the warm grains. You peer out to sea across the most spectacular view. The bluest of blue waters stretch out underneath a perfect summer day, the sun beaming down with a purposeful heat. The shimmering teal surface of the sea glistens beneath the sunshine sending flashes of light across your face. There is barely a breeze The water's surface remaining relatively still and free of imperfections. The gentle current and tides create little lapping waves onto the shore. Rhythmical and rapid, trailing off quickly to be replaced by the next and the next. You are alone on this beach, not a soul in sight. You walked over an hour to get here, through rolling hills of heather, and fields of highland cows all going about their business. Only accessible by steep, rocky tracks that even the most capable 4 by 4s would find challenging. There are people who live down here, living off the land and only venturing out towards the villages for essential supplies. Once you saw the beach in the distance, a flash of white amongst the swathes of brown heather and green grasses, you felt a rush of excitement. such a hot day, the temptation for a swim was all too much, your mouth dry from the walk, the sun still beating down on you and your surroundings, drying out the landscape. Sending all blossoming flowers into overdrive to absorb as many rays as possible. You quickened your pace down the hill. Closing in, on the paradise awaiting you. Zigzagging across the path, avoiding the deep holes in the tracks carved from water, farming ATVs and cows and picking out your route ahead. You hopped and skipped over rocks, boulders and grass tufts until finally the path started to merge with sea smooth stones and sand from the beach. Breaking into a jog, you began to pull off your clothes, casting them aside, readying yourself for the plunge. You stumbled out of your shorts until you were down to your underwear. Now you were in full run, aching to feel the cool water engulf your body. You ran and you ran towards the sea Your bare feet picking up great plumes of fine sand in your wake You felt incredible to be free of your clothes so hot from the walk. As the air coursed around your body, you felt instantly fresher, more alive, and at one with your surroundings. The water was closing in. 30 meters 20 meters Ten meters, five meters. Your feet hit the first shallows of water, the splash and thrash filling the air. then your ankles, then your knees, then you waded until the water was deep enough until finally you jumped. submerged, your world turned to silence. Underwater, you embraced the refreshing, cold waters, sending a shockwave through your system. felt amazing, the water so comfortable and refreshing, an absolute delight following the hot, sweaty walk. Holding your breath, you listened. The last of the splashes died away and then all was quiet, not a sound. Such stillness lay beneath the only chaos, being you, moments before. Hearing your heartbeat in your ears. You slowly rose in the water, allowing your head to breach the surface. Just like that, your ears filled with the sounds of gentle lapping waves, all in high definition compared to the noiseless underworld of the sea. Slowly, you swam back to the shore Severing the coolness of the sea Tasting the salty, mineral-rich water on your lips As you emerged, the sun warmed you through within seconds, sending a strange little shiver through you as you realized you were a little chilly in the water, the contrast quite extreme. collapsing onto the beach. Here you lie. Your toes wiggling in the toasty sand. Taking a sip of fresh cold water from your cool bag. You allow yourself to flop backwards lying down and facing the sky. You shut your eyes and enter a bright, amber world with your face pointing directly at the sun. As you warm through So comfortable are you that you swear you could fall asleep where you lie. There is nothing more relaxing than coming out of a cool water. and warming up in the sun's rays. You stretch out your legs, put your hands behind your head And let the heat of this summer day wick away the troubles and the salt water from your skin.